0: You have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 17. And then we will be going to Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse number 17. I read this verse of scripture today and it, it began to speak to me and I tried to just push it off. But every time I would try to go another direction, that word kept popping up. And so, if you will, look with me. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 17. He said, Be not a terror unto me, thou art my hope in the evil or in the day of evil. I want you to underscore that last statement. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But he said, Thou art my hope in the day of evil. And then Jeremiah chapter 31. Imagine if you were called to be a representative of God to a people that were rebellious and stubborn and stiff-necked. And did everything they could to frustrate the goodness of God in their life. And yet God sent a messenger to them in spite of that, and he gave them a word. Imagine if you could, that you were that messenger, and you were going to have to speak things that were dreadful and fearful, and uh, certainly going to be upsetting to people. And when Jeremiah began to consider it, if you read that 31st chapter, it's amazing The struggle that Jeremiah had of being able to deliver the Lord's word and not be abandoned. His greatest fear was I'm going to prophesy this to these people and it's not going to come to pass. But listen to what he said. There is hope for your future says the Lord. I want to underscore those first few words. This is what the Lord has been speaking to me today. There is hope for our future. Amen. There is hope for our future. No matter how bleak it may look, no matter how impossible it may seem at this moment, there is hope for our future. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. (laughs) 9-11 changed a lot of things for our nation and for us as a people. I personally will never forget where I was that Dreadful morning, uh, so many years ago, was in Lufkin for a board meeting, and was about to leave uh, when the news broke in of what had happened and the attacks on uh, our capital and and then in uh, New York City, the Twin Towers. People watched in disbelief as. Uh, The fire grew worse and uh, things began to unravel and then the towers began to collapse. Anybody remember seeing those images? They're seared uh, indelibly upon my mind. I I saw them. I see them even now. And then uh, came the rescue mission and they brought people in, came from all over the United States and the world to help recover to try to find life amid the wreckage. They found a lot of encouraging signs. Uh, many of you probably remember seeing uh, the image of this structural steel that had melted under the heat, and yet in its falling over, it had uh, there was the, 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 the cross figure that was seen. But one of the things that captivated me in that Uh, time were the rescue dogs that were brought in to help sniff out uh, bodies that were in the rubble so they could try to uh, hopefully uh, bring them uh, out, out of the rubble if they were dead and at least allow the family to have some closure and burial. But more importantly, they felt like there were still people that were alive inside of all of the, that rubbish. And so these dogs were brought in. They're specifically trained to sniff out uh, the odors of a human body. And so they were sent into all of this rubbish. And they would work by the hours, just uh, countless hours. But they noticed something that as they begin to move through this process of recovery... Uh, The dogs began to become lethargic and they didn't know what was happening. They thought perhaps the dust or perhaps something that they were being exposed to was causing harm to uh, the dogs. And so uh, they were concerned because they were relying upon these uh, canines to help them find somebody that was still alive and pull them out of the rubbish and, after several days of watching these rescue dogs um, basically shut down and lay down on the job, they would just they would search and search and then they would just lay down on the rubbish heap, and they couldn 't get them to move or do anything and so they began to consult the experts, people that train the dogs, and ask them what what 's wrong? is there something?" that the dogs are exposed to. And after they had sifted through all of the information, the experts came to the conclusion that what was wrong with these dogs is that when they had searched and searched and searched and had not been able to find what they were trained to find, they had lost hope. That even a dog has to have hope to keep going. They say that you and I can live a certain number of days without food. We can live a certain number of days without water. We can live a certain number of minutes without air, but we cannot live one second without hope. And I don't think you and I realize tonight how powerful hope is in our lives, and especially in the environment and the world in which we now live. It is one of the three things that the Scripture declares abide, they endure. doesn't matter the age, the stage, the day, the hour. It doesn't matter what you are facing. There are three things that endure, faith, hope, and love. And those three things are what are vital to your life and my life in order for us to survive. We are, we are living in an anxious time. And I, I don't know about you, but I will be so glad when Tuesday comes and goes uh, because of the stress that it has put upon our nation. But more than that, All that we've gone through this year, the COVID-19 issue that has completely reordered our world and put in place in our life things that we could not imagine in our wildest dreams at the beginning of this year. We've seen it in other countries and we have seen other people go through some things, but no one ever imagined that we would be living under the conditions we're living under right now and in the violence that has erupted in our nation and and the hatred and uh, the the pillaging, all of that that's done under a false pretense. uh, It's sad. And when you look at all of those factors and and all of the news, I, I heard something... This week about the reporting on uh, the events of the day. That there is no good news anymore. All that they report on is the bad. What's not working. Uh, You don't ever hear the good news anymore. Because it has been eclipsed by this dark cloud of bad news. Of unrest and violence and fear and election fraud, and COVID-19, and who knows what else may come down. And then all the fears that that have been generated of not knowing what to do with this pandemic and the future of our world certainly looks bleak. The future looks bleak to many. Matter of fact, I've listened with uh, rapt attention over the last little bit to the business uh, experts of our country and the world and I've listened to their analysis and if you listen too long uh, you'll, you, you will feel like that this is the end of the road and it, it very well may be but it's not the end of my road and it's not the end of your road as a child of God. The outlook of our life is overshadowed with fears and the forecasts are not good and the predictions are of recessions and e- economic recovery that's going to be virtually impossible if they don't put together some kind of new stimulus bill. And yet we know that it doesn't matter what they put together, it's not going to be enough. And if you're not careful, as... Just a normal human being, you can get caught up in that fear, overwhelmed by the shadows of the darkness around us. And you cannot live in this world and it not affect you. I mean, I I get angry when I see some of the things that are being allowed to go on in our country. And I, I'm thinking, if you hate our country that bad, go somewhere else. Let's buy them a ticket somewhere else. They don't want to go somewhere else. They want to try to destroy what we have here and how this is all going to end. That's the question of all questions. Some dread the thought of what could be. And if you allow that scenario to work its way out, I'm sure that all of you could come to a fearful conclusion. There are those who cannot even endure the thought of thinking how this will end. I I know what my preferences are. I know what I would like to see, but it's very possible that what I like and what I want may not happen. But how am I going to live? How are we going to live in this hour? I do not believe that God has brought the church to this hour for us just to wimp our way through and limp our way through And just pray, Lord, come, please come. You know, I've heard that prayer that we were going to pray, even so come Lord Jesus. And I believe that we're praying that now. But I don't believe it's a prayer of, of, of giving up hope. But I believe it is the prayer of hope. And I want the Lord to come. I want him to physically come. But if he doesn't physically come, I want him to spiritually come and help us. Intervene in this place. Move in our country. Send revival into our midst in this wicked and perverse time. But as a child of God, as a child of God, that's what I am most concerned. Is, Is that the way that you and I should live like the world is living? the fear-mongering, and all of the, the uncertainty. Is that what should shape my life? And is that shaping my life tonight? Is that what should influence my action? Or is there something else that I should place my confidence in? Jeremiah was terrified of what God had given him to do, to prophesy to a people that were stiff-necked and rebellious. And Jeremiah was reluctant to go. He was reluctant to uh, do what was being called on. And he was uh, fearful of how they were going to receive it. And what he foresaw was an evil day. He saw a day coming that was unimaginable and he prayed, God, don't abandon me, don't forsake me, don't leave me, don't let me be lost in this hour. And then he makes a statement that to me clarifies everything about his life and I believe helps give him perspective and that is what we read in Jeremiah 31 And 17. There is hope for the future. And Jeremiah 17, 17, thou art my hope in that day of evil. The days may be evil, the days may be fearful and dreadful, but I have a better perspective. And you, as a child of God, should have. A better perspective. And the day of evil should not overwhelm us. But it should reveal to us the value of the hope that we have in us. That we are not miserable people. We are not people who have no, uh, no vision of the future. But we are a people of hope. Amen. I love the old songwriter's words. And they say it better than I could even express it tonight. He said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, when darkness veils His lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil, my oath, His, His, oath, His covenant, His blood. It supports me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 My hope tonight is not based on whether a Republican or a Democrat captures the White House. Now I'll tell you what I would prefer. And if you want to see me after church, I'll do that. I don't want to make enemies out of you. But I will tell you this. I don't want to get on politics tonight. But I cannot imagine. It is unconscionable for a child of God to ever vote for any candidate that supports abortion. I don't care what your background is when we've had 40 to 50 million children murdered in this past year and we don't raise a finger about that, but we want to get bent out of shape about all this other stuff, why don't we talk about lives that really matter and all lives really matter and the lives of those unborn children matter to our God. Amen. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, My hope is not based on who's going to sit in the White House. It may be somebody I don't want and I don't like. But that's not where my hope is. My hope is on the throne and the one who sits on the throne. My hope goes beyond D.C. It goes beyond New York City. It goes beyond even this world. It goes to the circle of the earth. And I'm looking and there's one who sits on the circle of the earth. And he orders the earth and he keeps the day. That's the hope that I have. And that's the one that I'm looking to. The one who sits on the circle of the earth. And my hope is not based on who captures whatever political race. Although I have my preferences. My hope is that he is forever the same. My hope is in his word. My hope are in His promises. And there is hope for our future. No matter who occupies the White House, no matter who sits in government, my hope is not based on what is captured on Tuesday or what is lost on Tuesday. My hope goes way back... And it anchors itself in that solid rock, Christ Jesus. And that's my hope today. And that is why it is so important for us to understand that in this hour, what should sustain us is not the hope of whether we win or lose, but whether we have our eyes on the one who never fails, the one who never fails, the one who is strong in behalf of His people. Amen. What is that hope that we are putting our confidence in? It is a hope that there will be an awakening and there will be a repentance and there will be a seeking after God That's what our hope is. That there will be a restoration and there will be revival. As bad as it may come to be in this hour, I still believe that at evening time there shall be light. Hallelujah. And if there's ever a time that we need light, we need it now. Take with me a very quick journey. I want to talk to you for a few moments about what happens when hope is present. First John chapter three. Can you guys help me? I didn't give you these scriptures, and so we're going to take it slow. But First John chapter three and verse number three. First John chapter three and verse number three. I I, I was looking at at these things today, and I thought, Lord, help me somehow convey to your people how important hope is. First. John chapter 3 and verse number 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. When there is hope present in your life, it makes you conscious of an inner cleansing that is needed and essential for the hour in which we live. And when you and I have hope present in our lives, it is going to make us conscious of what really matters, not just the outside of the cup, but the inside. I want him to purify me from the inside out because I can do a lot to dress up this outside and still be full of dead men's bone. But when the Lord looks at me, I want him to see a man that is clean through and through and when I have hope in my heart and when I have hope in my life and when I have laid hold of that hope in my life it will cause me to want to live a clean godly life it will teach me to shun some things and to avoid things that are unhealthy and unneeded it produces purity in your life everybody say purity when hope is present in your life, it will make you aware of your need of cleansing. And if there's anything we need tonight, it is that holy cleansing of God's fire in our lives. Turn to Romans chapter eight and verse number 25. Romans chapter eight. When there is hope present in my life, it produces an extremely important quality that we don't preach enough about because we're afraid to mention it. And the reason we're afraid to mention it is because we're afraid of what we're going to have to go through to get it. Anybody have any idea what that is? Patience. But if we hope for what we see not, then Do we with patience wait for it? If there's anything that you and I need in this hour is a patience. Now, patience is not just gritting your teeth and bearing it. That's not what that word means in its original setting. It's not talking about just smiling through your tears. But patience... Is an endurance. It is an inner strength that can cause you to keep going even when you have a mishap in your life. It doesn't sidetrack you just because something went wrong today, or you had a bad hair day. You know, some people have a bad hair day and you don't see them for three weeks, or you don't hear from them. You, I, I mean, or, or more worse than that, they get on Facebook and they tell everybody about how bad their hair day was. You know what? There's something better than that. And that's something called hope. And when you and I have hope in our life, when hope is present in my life, it gives me this inner energy and stability and tenacity to keep going in spite of my adversity. Amen. Hey, I may not be able to run as fast as I thought I could run tonight, but I'm still going to get around. I'm not laying down. And you need to quit laying down crying about what's not right in your life. Hey, get up and dust yourself off and realize I've got something in me that's stronger than anything that is against me. I have hope in Him. Praise God. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. And he said, in patience works experience, and experience works hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. When hope is present in my life, it brings with it an accompanying courage to stand up and face life, and live with whatever life deals you. Amen. I wish I could say that better, but I don't know how I could say that better. When there is hope present in your life, it brings an inner strength, it brings an inner tenacity, but more so it brings a courage to stand in the face of adversity, and say what Paul said, who had been on the ship in the sea in a storm for a number of days, I believe it was about 14 days at this particular time, and they had given up, the Bible said they had given up all hope that they would be found or it would come to a good end. But he said, hey, I have good news for you. This night an angel of the Lord whom I serve stood by my bed and said, fear not, Paul, you're not going down in this storm. And I feel like I need to tell Greater Life Church tonight, we're not going down in this storm. But somebody has come. Somebody has appeared and said, hey, this isn't the end. It may be the beginning of the end, but it's not the end. Amen. And I have hope tonight. Praise God. I have hope. And I have the courage to stand up and say, I believe God. Now, can you imagine that? The wind is howling. The boat's reeling and rocking. I wonder what Paul had to hold on to and to say, I believe God. I'm sure he had to grab hold of something. But he grabbed hold and he said, I have news for you. I believe God. Amen. Some of you need to stand up in your life right now and look at the things that are assaulting your family and say, you know what? I am not buying that. I'm not receiving that. I'm not going to live in that. I believe God. I believe what God has spoken to me. I believe what God has promised me. I believe what God has seen, shown me. I believe that God is going to help me. And you need to speak faith into your storm right now. Amen. Speak faith. Courageous faith. I shall live and not die. I got news for you devil. <laughs> You're going to have to try harder than that. Amen. I'm not, I'm I'm not going down. It's going to take more than that. Praise God. Some of us need some courage tonight to stand up and face situations in our life and say, You know what? I believe God. I believe God's going to take care of me. I believe God's got his hand on me. I don't believe God's forsaken me. I don't think God's forgotten who I am or where I'm at. I don't think God's lost my location. I just know I'm going through a season right now, but I'm going to come out of this season, and when I come out, I'm going to be tried like gold, and I'm going to be ready for the master's use, and none of my problems, none of my pain is going to be wasted. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 12. When hope is present in your life. Let me tell you what else is there. He said, rejoicing in hope. When you have hope resident in your life, when hope is present in your life, then a byproduct of that hope is joy. Amen. Somebody say joy. joy 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 Joy. amen sometimes we need to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say today i'm gonna rejoice hallelujah today i'm gonna rejoice well what are you gonna rejoice in you don't have enough money in the bank to pay your bills you have got this problem in your life your kids are messed up Your job's not working out. You don't have this. You don't have that. I tell you what you can rejoice in. You can rejoice in the Lord. I'm rejoicing in his faithfulness. I'm rejoicing in his goodness. I'm rejoicing in his mercy. I'm rejoicing in the fact that I am his child and he has not forgotten me. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12 ought to be indelibly imprinted on our life. That when hope is present, joy is going to be a part of our life. Amen. Some of you need to practice. All right. We're going to practice tonight. I want you to pretend like you're in front of the mirror. Some of you need to work on your facial muscles. You know, they tell me that it takes twice as many muscles to frown as it does to smile. No wonder some of you are wore out tonight. You had not smiled this whole service. I know you're serious and I'm not making fun, but every once in a while you just need to smile. Ha. hallelujah. What are you smiling about? I'm smiling about the goodness of God. I'm smiling about the love of God. I'm smiling about the mercies of God. I'm smiling about his kindness toward me. I'm smiling about the fact that I've got a future... This is not the end. The evil day is not the end of my life, but I have a future. I have a hope for the future. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Romans 8, chapter, uh, verse number 24. He said, for we are saved by hope. When I read that verse several years ago, it just stunned me. We're saved by hope. And he, he was not talking about uh, Salvation, as we would think of the uh, or at least my my interpretation of that, but he was talking about how powerful hope is to save us from despair and fear and despondency and rejection and overwhelming situation that when hope is present in our life it 's like a buoy that comes un- it 's like an undergirding. That just keeps you up. It doesn't matter how strong the winds are blowing. It doesn't matter how fierce the assault against you. When there's hope in your life. It's like there's some arm. Hands that have reached underneath you. And that are just holding you. And sustaining you. And it doesn't matter how the world wheels and rocks. It doesn't matter the turmoil going on in your life. There is this power. There is this anointing on your life. There is this undergirding. There's this... There's this something that saves me from despair and fear and doubt. Hallelujah. Some of us need to be saved from those fears tonight. And when you have hope, when you understand the value of hope in your life, your hope will be just that. It will be that undergirding that sustains you, that will not let you go down. Amen. Praise God. You know, you, you, you try to push that, uh, that balloon under the water and doesn't matter how much force you hold against it. At some point, you have to let go. It's not staying down. It's coming back up. That's the buoyancy of hope in my life. It doesn't matter what's pressing me down. It can't keep me down. He can knock me down, but He can't keep me down unless I stay down. Amen. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews the 6th chapter, verse number 18 and verse number 19. I love this particular passage of Scripture. And I, I know probably for many of you it means the same thing. But in in, in the 6th chapter, verse number 18, He said that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, he might have a strong consolation. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. That particular passage of Scripture intrigues me. And I've never been able to really capture the full weight of what the writer was trying to say. But in my mind's image, you know, when you throw an anchor out, it, it, it lands in the water and it goes down. And it finds something on the bottom to, to, to lay hold of. Or it digs into the, the bottom of, of the, 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 the lake or the ocean. And it grabs and it holds. But he said, I, I want to talk to you about a hope that goes beyond just that surface grab. This, this goes all the way to the throne room. Behind the veil where the Shekinah glory resides. That's where my life is anchored. And when it's anchored there, there is nothing that can shake it. Nothing that can dislodge it. It doesn't matter. I say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens, what transpires in life. When hope is present in your life, it is an anchor that, that helps you to not be shaken by the shifting of the waves. And then in closing, Colossians Chapter 1, Colossians, the first chapter, and verse number 23, Paul writing to the church said, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, Am made a minister. If you continue in the faith. Grounded and settled. When hope is present in my life. It becomes the stabilizer. That keeps me from getting imbalanced in my life. You know most of you drove a vehicle to get here tonight. And I doubt very seriously if any of you even thought of how important. Uh, the, the balance in that 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 apparatus is for you to be able to even use it. There there are, there there are so many moving parts and so many uh, integral parts that depend upon the working of the other. The spark plug that gives the spark uh, that 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 fires the piston and the piston turns and and how important it is that. All of those things work in sync. But more importantly than that, the wheels that that, that that roll down the highway, how important it is that there's balance there, that there's stability. My dad was a front-end mechanic, and so I grew up in, in a garage, and they would bring vehicles in, and you'd go take them out to test drive them to see what was wrong, and you'd be driving, and the steering wheel's shaking like this, and, and the front of the dash is shaking like this and you pull back in and put it on the rack and you discover that tie rods are, are are wore out or ball joints were wore out or the tires were out of balance and 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 you just take a moment and you do a little repair work on it and you take it back out and that shaking is replaced with this smooth ride and all of you enjoyed that on the way to church. I dare say none of you were shaking on the way to church tonight. It's because there's stability in that vehicle. There's balance there. And every one of us need that in our life and more so now than ever before. Because if you're not careful, if you listen to enough garbage that's being spilled out right now, you'll get so overweighted with hopelessness. And you know what's going to keep you from t- tipping over? Hope. Hope. My life is not built on what's going to happen next week or even next month. My hope is established on what's already been done, what's already been declared, what's already been prophesied, what's already been promised, and I'm just living to see its fulfillment in this hour. And my hope tonight is that He is going to come. He is going to keep His Word. Would you stand with me right now? Praise God. Would you clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise? Come on, act like you really mean it right now. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Praise God. Amen. Why are you so happy? I'm happy because He still sits on the throne. Yes, amen. amen. I'm happy because He still has the world in His hands. I'm happy because He still has things in His control. Things are not out of control right now. They may look that to us, but they're not. A, they're, they're, they're in His hands. Amen. And your life and my life are too in His hands. And that's what gives me the courage to wake up in the morning and sing. Amen. That's what gives me the strength to get up and say, you know what, I think I'm going on. Amen. It's too soon to quit. It's too early to stop. Let's keep going. Amen. Amen. More, more important than that, church family listen to me tonight let's have the greatest revival in the next few months that we can even imagine let's do that let's believe let's come into this place expecting God to do supernatural things would you do that with me amen let's pray together Father we love you we need hope tonight more than we need anything oh God Help us to never underestimate the value of that hope in our life. I'm asking you even now, God, to give us strength. Lord, give us that stability that we need in this unstable hour. And let us stand to declare the word of the Lord. And let your people be anointed to do exploits. And to do great things because they know you. Oh, yes, Lord, that we are in a relationship with you. And we are not afraid of the hour. We are hopeful for what has come to the world. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Somebody say hope. It's what you and I need more than we need the next meal we're going to eat. We need hope. Amen. God bless you tonight. Remember tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Friday night, is going to be very important nights for our church altar workers uh, uh, seminar. More than a seminar, it's going to be some very important things about working with people in the altar, being more effective working with people in the altar. Uh, We need to hear uh, what's going to be said. I'm encouraging you to be here as casual. We'll have some coffee and some drinks and some light snacks for you. But come and let's expect great things from God. Tell somebody, I have hope. Amen. And you can be dismissed in the name of the Lord. Praise God.